Welcome to the Tideline Talks podcast, where we discuss all things related to sports medicine, health and wellness. We dispel common myths and misconceptions regarding healthcare, and we do it in a way that's easy to understand. It's hosted by yours truly, Dr. Michael Sclafani, founder of Tideline Sports Performance and Rehabilitation. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Tideline Talks podcast. This is your host, Dr. Michael Scalfani, and today I am joined by Blake Foltz, who's one of the owners of CrossFit Bradenton and one of the coaches for Team Florida Gulf Coast Weightlifting. So thanks so much, Blake, for coming aboard and taking some time out of a Thursday afternoon to sit in a nice, comfy office chair and chat with us all things fitness, CrossFit, weightlifting, and everything under the sun. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So, uh, so Blake, tell us a little bit more about your background. So just give us the basics, like where you're from, how you made your way to Florida, how you got into some of the uh, fitness activities that you're currently into now. Okay. So I'm originally from Colorado, uh, Colorado Springs to be exact. I was a competitive swimmer since age seven. And that was that allowed me to be able to get a scholarship to head to the Ohio State University. I have to the, say the the Ohio um, State. I would typically just say Ohio State, but for anybody <laughs> out there, may shun me if I don't do that. What you swim? Uh, I was a sprinter, so I did the fifty three hundred free and hundred fly, and uh, had real good success in Colorado as a high high school swimmer. Uh, was a state champion, state record holder, so it allowed me to get a scholarship. Uh, to a D1 school, and it was at that school that I met uh, a teammate of mine whose father owned a company down here in Florida. Didn't ever meet that individual uh, until about two weeks before graduation is the first time that I actually met his dad, and I graduated college uh, business major, uh, specifically on operations management, which is like manufacturing type stuff, and he said, hey, put your resume in. Uh, two weeks before graduation, I said, okay, you know, the plan was always to go back to Colorado. So graduated, put the resume in, a couple months went by, got a call, said, hey, we want to interview you. Went, came down for an interview, got a position, and ended up moving to Florida. And I have not looked back since. I do not miss the snow. Um, I didn't think I would ever leave Colorado, but once I did, I was very excited to not have the snow and the cold weather per se. Florida does get cold for those that don't really know about it, but it's not that kind of cold. Um, so that's what brought me to Florida. Did you move to this Gulf side of Florida specifically, or did you move somewhere else when you graduated from Ohio State? So I worked down in Venice. And uh, so I originally moved to Venice, but within my first year, Sarasota was kind of the happening place and where uh, most of my friends from work lived. So I moved up to Sarasota and have been in that Sarasota Bradenton area for the last 15 years, 16 years. Okay. Uh, so I've basically stayed exactly where I moved to originally uh, and have enjoyed it. Nice. And then uh, once you move down here, you start this new position as a new grad out of college. Um, what did you end up doing for working out? Because did you continue to swim part time? Did you start to get into CrossFit or something else at this point? Or tell us a little about what you did workout wise once you graduated. Absolutely nothing. Uh, <laughs> Why does every collegiate athlete do that, right? It's like you go so hard for high school, college, you get a scholarship, and then as soon as you graduate, it's like, I just want to do nothing. 
It's be, it's been it's because it's a huge part of your life for so long. So, like I said, I started when I was seven, and you can argue whether or not that's a competitive level. It's you know, as a kid, you're, you're competing with everybody. Uh, but from the age of seven to roughly twenty-one, it was two-a-day practices, Saturday practices for three hours. And when I was in school, we actually had to sign a, uh, a voluntary form, although it wasn't quite voluntary. Title IX and some other issues with college, you cannot legally force your athletes to work out more than 20 hours a week. Now, in order to be on the team at that point, we were signing voluntary waivers to say we volunteer any hour over 20. The caveat to that with the then head coach was is that if you're not willing to do that, you really aren't willing to be on the team. So it was more of a <laughs> you're volunteering, but you need to do that. So through college, you know, I had a full-time job as an athlete while doing school. And once you graduate and you just need to focus on your career, it was a welcomed break to kind of to leave it. Uh, and I didn't really get back into anything until 2009, 2010. So how long is that hiatus then between graduation and, and this point? About three to four years. Okay. So and I had noticed the body was starting to change. You know, I, I was used to... 10% or less body fat and uh, the, the abs started to disappear. The energy started to drop away and it started not liking what I was feeling and seeing. So I, you know, started looking for an outlet. Didn't look as good in the Speedo anymore. I wasn't putting on Speedos. <laughs> so um, yeah, I wasn't wearing Speedos. I wasn't doing the European model type, type thing. I was still wearing board shorts and so forth, but the belly area started to you know, get the dad bod as they may call it nowadays, or just fill out a little bit. And it was around that time that I decided, you know, it's time to get back into something. Yeah. So then what did you end up doing? Did you just go to like a commercial gym, like LA Fitness or Crunch? Or did you try group fitness at that point? Or what you end up doing? I discovered CrossFit. And going back to my history as a competitive athlete, I had understood the plateau effect. You know, you always had to consistently vary your workouts. So for me, swimmer, uh, we had to vary the lengths, the, the speeds, the effort, and so forth on a continual basis. But what we would do is over a season, we'd probably have 100-plus miles of swimming during practice on the, on the low end. And some of our distance guys, the poor guys, were almost double that. And you had to vary it because if you didn't, your body would get used to it. You'd stop improving either at all or at any rate that would be noticeable. So I kind of had that understanding that whatever workout I discovered had to have constant variation. And I wasn't the type of person that would just go to a gym by myself and do it. Prior to 2009, my company offered uh, a fitness membership for 20 bucks to one of those globo gym type deals. And I had that for two years and didn't go once. So I knew I, I probably need to spend a little bit more money so that it's more impactful on my monthly income and have someone actually train me and, and guide me and coach me. And that act, that eventually led me to SRQ fitness or CrossFit, mm -hmm. uh, CrossFit SRQ. Um, and I did that. I was in that for about three months. And during, I, I had no gas pedal. It was all the way to the floor or nothing at all. So I, I really didn't understand scaling. 
Um, and we, my first workout there, I did RX weight and <laughs> it was, I think it was thrusters at 135. And it was like five rounds and had some other items went in. I think it was like a 200 meter run with thrusters and some other stuff. It's a tough workout. And, you know, it was, it had a time cap. The time cap came and went. I was on round two of, you know, we were supposed <laughs> to get six. And the then coach there, um, I think his name was David Gill. I'd have to check that. But he came out. I was like, what's going on, man? I was like, this is tough. <laughs> like, what, you guys do this? He's like, yeah. He's like, but next time, let's, you know, let's cut the weight back so you can get the benefit of this. I was like, but I love this. I said, I'm seeing my heart beating by the back of my eyes. Like, I want that. Not a lot of people do. Um, so I stayed there for about three months and unfortunately had an, uh, an accident where I slipped and fell on my head and it created some, um, was diagnosed as a hyper intense lesion of the spine, which affected my vision and some of my cranial nerve areas, which turned out to be something else uh, that we may get to later on. Uh, so I stopped CrossFit. Did you, do an, did you do an on-ramp or elements at all or anything did, like that? Okay. Uh, we did like a little on-ramp, and it was a, a short, simple 5, 10, 15. I think it was five push-ups, 10 ring uh, pulls, and 15 air squats. And I think we had 10 minutes. And when I say we, I actually brought my wife with me. And, you know, that's I got to doing that. And after like two or three rounds, you know, I'm dying. My wife's next to me dying and we're not like completely out of shape, but these are different things that we don't typically do. And she ended up not liking it. And I loved it. Of course, uh, the whole way home, we're driving home. I'm like, yeah, I need this in my life. And she's like, no. So, you know, there's different people, different things. Sure. Uh, that was something I knew my body absolutely needed. And that was my form of training. And as you get older, you learn that you can scale that to where you don't feel absolutely horrible, but you still feel like you accomplished something and you're going to improve yourself and your body. Mm -hmm. So um, after the injury, I, I kind of left CrossFit for a while to try and figure out, you know, what, what is it that I can do? Because I essentially was told I had a spinal cord injury and I really didn't want to stress that. Um, and then I think it was around 2000. 15. So that was like a five, five year hiatus. Another big, big break. Huh? Yeah. And again, started noticing the body just wasn't feeling right. Um, within that, I got back into swimming, I joined the master's team. Um, that was short lived, unfortunately, as well. I got about three months into that, was competing, competed at the world master's championships won a couple of my events and so forth. But during the warm up of the first day, I felt something in my shoulder pop and just thought it was, you know, a strain or a muscle cramp. Competed the whole weekend and like I said, did really well. But over the next month or so, I started not being able to sleep. Uh, my shoulder was just in constant pain. Tylenol, Advil, Aleve, all the over-the-counter stuff just was not doing it for me. It turned out I had a 90% tear of my labrum on my left shoulder. And that was about, rather than go straight to surgery, they said, okay, 12 weeks of physical therapy. So 12 long weeks of trying to pick up a 10-ounce or 12-ounce can of tomato sauce and lift it from the counter to the, the bottom of an upper cabinet. 
you know, that just wasn't working. It wasn't helping. So then it progressed to a cortisone shot. And sometimes that works for people that did not. The only thing it did for me is now my shoulder was really squishy. When I move it, you could hear the, the juices moving around. So then it, you know, about two weeks after that, I went in for surgery, for shoulder surgery. And labrum, as compared to rotator cuff, is about half the recovery time. So it was six months before I actually had use of my shoulder and about another three months, so nine months total before I was cleared to go back to anything. So tried to get back into swimming. It was just, it just did not feel right. I had pain, just my shoulder did not move in that rotational uh, plane without a fair amount of pain. So then I started back into CrossFit to see, okay, maybe this is, um, this is going to be it for me. Real and, quick, uh, just to, in case people don't, don't know what the labrum is inside of the shoulder, it's basically your shoulder joint is a ball and socket joint. We describe it as like a golf ball that sits on a tee. And inside of the tee, you have a little washer that's made up of a ring of fibrocartilage that we call your labrum. The labrum has a, a few different responsibilities within your shoulder. Um, one of them being that the ball will rotate within that socket and you want to have a little cushion similar to the meniscus in your knee where it has a little padding so that you don't literally get the bone to bone contact between the uh, shoulder ball and the, the rim or the socket in there, uh, which can be very painful, like you were talking about, and can result in some of that like dead arm feeling. The other responsibility that your labrum has is that it provides a small suction effect for your ball and socket joint. So the shoulder with as much of a degree of rotation and as much movement that it has is susceptible, obviously, to dislocation. So one of the things that the labrum does is it provides a small suction-like vacuum effect within the shoulder so you don't get all of that squishy feeling that you were talking about or that issue with rotation, for example, for a swimming stroke to go from, you know, the front of your body all the way up overhead and around can put a lot of stress on the labrum and you can get a small amount of what we call micro instability where the ball will just kind of float around or, or slide around within the socket, creating a lot of pain and just chewing up a lot of those internal structures. When they do a labral repair like what you had, they actually uh, put small stitches and sutures inside of that washer to anchor it down to the bone mm -hmm. so that now you can actually get a good suction, you get a good seal, you get a good amount of cushion to allow for that full rotation to go back to something like swimming or in your case, going back to CrossFit, like hanging from the rig, mm -hmm. things like that. So um, that's a lot of why the uh, labral surgery is a little bit longer recovery is because it doesn't have as much blood supply as say something like the rotator cuff. So mm -hmm. I just wanted to quickly yep. just kind of chat about that because I think, you know, it is tough sometimes to have surgery and come back to something that is highly competitive, like swimming or even CrossFit, honestly. So um, now that you're kind of recovered from, uh, from the labral surgery, you decide to venture into CrossFit. So sorry, I interrupted you, but no, tell no. us a little bit more about that. So again, like I, I basically discovered that doing a full arm circle just was not in the cards at that time. Um, you know, the, the labrum re recovery can extend for a long period of time. You're just trying to recover that range of motion. And at that point in time, I didn't have it. Um, and I thought, you know, let me, rather than continuing to pay for physical therapy, let me just be active with it. You know, that was one of the things the surgeon said is just, 
be active, but be smart, you know. Um, and I and I don't take CrossFit as, you know, a super dangerous thing as long as you're doing what you're supposed to do, right? It does get a bad rap, in a sense, for people that, like me, when I first started, it was like, gung-ho, I'm, I know how to do all this. I don't need to scale it. That's where, you know, I learned my lesson. So I, I joined a gym that was really close to my house and got back into the CrossFit swing. Uh, unfortunately, that gym went out of business about two or three months after I got it. You're going to see a common theme here. It's like two <laughs> or three months. Um, so at that point, I had just recently moved to Upper Sarasota, Lower Bradenton. Technically, I should be in Bradenton, but for some reason, they call it Sarasota. Um, so I typed in CrossFit, local CrossFit gyms near me, and I found CrossFit Bradenton and joined them late 2016, early 2017, I think it was, and just fell in love with the place. Uh, you know, the, the members they had, the coaches they had, uh, it was a process for me to get back in shape, but I've basically been there ever since uh, and have enjoyed it. I've lost weight. I've gained muscle. During COVID shutdown, uh, the owner at the time was essentially allowing us to check out equipment uh, because the gym had to close down. So he let people check out equipment and work out from home and provided daily workouts for us that had to do it from home. So it continued to work out and it just kind of built that that family culture um, that we all kind of look for. Maybe not everyone, but it's just a very comforting feeling to know that you have support from others that are in a common type goal. Uh, so, yeah, ever since then, I've been part of CrossFit Bradenton and I've absolutely loved it. I will say one thing that CrossFit Bradenton does, I think, really, really, really well is build a very tight-knit community, a very welcoming community. So I think that, um, you know, I've been doing CrossFit for this will be year number 10 will be this year. And I mean, I, I love it. Don't get me wrong. It's, it's awesome. I've drank the CrossFit Kool-Aid for many years. Um, and I've been part of, I think nine or 10 different CrossFit gyms over just living in different areas. And one of the biggest things, you know, when you look for a CrossFit gym, I think as you start to get out there, you, the issue is that you find this dichotomy between gyms who are really, really advanced, who have this like super competitive programming. They got these members who are just absolute ballers and throwing down. And then, you know, the other side of CrossFit then being the community aspect that you mentioned. And the issue is that for the longest time, it was very difficult for me at least to find a gym that embodied both, mm -hmm. that had intelligent programming, great coaching, things like that, but then also a welcoming community. And the issue is that I would find one gym that excelled in one end of the spectrum and struggled in the other. So then, you know, you have to weigh, do I go to a gym that is going to make me a badass athlete and push me really hard and be surrounded by a bunch of bruisers, but they're all kind of assholes? Or do I go to a gym that has an awesome community, but the, you know, the programming is, is too beginner, too light, things like that. CrossFit Bradenton has a really great blend of both. And I think that's kudos to to you guys, which we'll get to in a minute. But um, that's one of my favorite things about CrossFit Bradenton. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, we definitely strive for that. We recognize that everybody has a different goal. And we strive to allow everybody to achieve the goals that they have. We have competitive tracks and we have uh, the foundational track. And we also have weightlifting, right? So 
there's a whole bunch of different methods that individuals can achieve their goals, and we want to be able to provide that. And that's one of the things that I think keeps us um, a standalone from everybody else is that, you know, we all feel that way. Everybody that is affiliated with CrossFit Bradenton, the coaches, the owners, and so forth, we're all there for each other. Like somebody uh, may want to lose weight. Somebody may want to gain weight. Somebody may want to get to this percent body fat. They want to just learn how to eat correctly. Those are all things that are personal goals that we take great pride in being able to help somebody and realize that there is no cookie cutter way to do it. You have to be aware of each individual and build a plan for each individual. And we just recently had our general manager sit down and, and with every single member and identify what their goals were for 2023. And it varied across, you know, the whole gambit of goals. We've got somebody that wants to deadlift over 500 pounds. We have somebody that just wants to attend classes more than three times a week. You know, it, it's that whole gambit. Now we're going to bring in that accountability and say, hey, you know, call them on the phone. Haven't seen you more than three times a week yet. What's going on? You got anything going on that I can help you with? Or is it just, you know, bad timing? Let's figure it out. So, again, it's that trying to help folks achieve the goals they set for themselves and not letting them make them too far of a stretch goal that they can achieve. And those are kind of tough discussions, you know. As you get older, you know, I could say I want to be a millionaire. Well, how do I get to there, right? I can't just tomorrow wake up a millionaire. I have to have a plan, and maybe that's not in the cards. And right now I could tell you that's not in the cards right now <laughs> this year. But, you know, maybe I could figure something out, Figure maybe do some research on stocks or bonds or something like that that can add supplemental income. That's how you approach that stuff rather than to say millionaire by the end of the year. That's a good stretch goal, but most likely not going to happen for most. So I think ideas like that with with your GM and, and Becca meeting with all the members, like that is one of the things that separates you guys apart a lot. Because I think what it does is it circles back to that community, right? It circles back to the fact that like, hey, all of our coaches, like we care. Like we actually have a genuine interest in all of our members, right? We actually care that you're making progress and not just making progress that say you or the other coaching staff set for them, but just making progress that they set for themselves too. And then like you said, holding them accountable to that. So when you guys told me about that, I thought that was one of the coolest things ever. And so kudos for you guys. Yeah, that it was something new uh, just to get it down on, on writing on a big board. Prior to that, each individual had a call it a 10 by 10 whiteboard. They put their name on and they put their goals and they were displayed in the gym for a period of time, but that kind of got stagnant because, you know, they're, they're off in a corner rather than right in your face and having someone follow up on it. So got to continually evolve and adapt to make sure that we're doing what we're supposed to, to help people. Cause ultimately that's what CrossFit and CrossFit Bradenton is, is to help people achieve the goals that they have in front of them. So Sure. And I think, you know, what makes uh, you guys unique as well is, is the uh, changes in ownership. So when you joined, that was probably still at that time, Paris and, mm -hmm. uh, and, and that crew was there, right? Mm -hmm. And then you then ended up kind of pivoting uh, to um, another owner who was the owner during COVID. And then after COVID, um, I think you guys saw a, a change up as well in ownership. Can you talk about the current triumvirate that you guys have in ownership? Yeah. So um, the previous owner to us was John. 
and he he did wonders for the gym. He uh, basically rebranded it in the sense of you know how it looked inside, made it more appealing. Uh, spent a lot of time and effort in it, and it was just just poor timing, right? COVID shut down the gym, and he had just purchased the gym, and. I started talking to Johnny uh, late 2019, early 2020, 2020 is kind of when the gym had to shut down about wanting to become like a silent owner. Like, I want to help you. I want to see this place succeed. And there's a headwind coming our way. Like, how can I, how can I get in this to help you? So we started having discussions, you know, for a couple months to see, you know, what does that look like? And he got to a point where he says, you know, I'd love to, to stay part of this, but I, you know, financially, I just can't do it on my own. And again, he didn't want the gym to fail. So he and I continued to talk. And that's when I brought in Alex, who's uh, one of our other owners into the discussion point saying, okay, here's where we're at. This is what we need to do to bring to the gym to a, a debt-free place. You know, we've got enough members that it's covering the monthly expenses, which is basically paying coaches and the lease of the building we have. We have an opportunity to save the gym um, and allow it to continue to grow and help many more uh, individuals. And Alex uh, was, I won't use the same language, but heck yeah, (laughs) Um, same four letters, but a whole different word. He's a spitfire man. <laughs> yeah. So um, he was all for it, and we moved forward with that, and we essentially just worked to get all the debt uh, that had accumulated to, you know, sprucing up the gym. And then we started working with Nick Dompierre, and he was on one of your earlier podcasts, and the dude is just a freak in terms of uh, athletic ability. Uh, was it? professional skateboarder from a young age is just an amazing human being not to downplay Alex. Alex is an amazing human <laughs> Alex being is as amazing well. in his own right. And uh, so Nick was, he's just a fitness fiend and we approached him uh, and said, Hey, would you be interested in joining this ownership team? And he very similar to Alex. Heck yeah, I'm totally in this. So the three of us essentially, um, put in what we needed to. Uh, Nick's focus was on some more equipment, some other things. Part of my focus was uh, bumper plates and so forth. And I worked my magic somehow um, and got a whole bunch of rogue flex bumper plates, which were out of stock everywhere and anywhere. Those are so badass, um, though. Yeah. The flat-colored yeah. plates look, I mean, totally different. Yeah, totally so different. We, we, we reorganized the gym. We got a whole bunch of... Or, uh, for folks that you know would like to see the gym, you can check our Instagram out at, at CrossFit Bradenton, and you can kind of see what we've got going on. So we got new barbells, we got new bumper plates, um, we got a new storage organization area to, for the med balls, the kettlebells, the dumbbells. One thing about me is I absolutely love woodworking. Uh, so instead of having dumbbells all over the floor, I built racks to organize them, keep them tucked and, and pushed away. And have done more, you know, we created a retail center recently, elevated our display refrigerators so people don't, crossfitters that squat and do thrusters all day don't want to squat down to get, you know, a beverage out of the bottom of the thing, the, the 
the fridge. So I lifted those up and just kind of made it easier to see what they were doing. Little, little touches that kind of set us apart from everybody else. And and it's just been a wild success. The three of us, I liked the, the word that you used, the triumvirate. Um, you know, you're comparing us to Caesar and some other folks from Roman times. And that's kind of a cool thing. I, I don't want to carry that around too much, <laughs> but if that's how you describe us, we'll accept that. But uh, it's been it's been a great journey. The three of us together all share the same goal, helping people. Well, I think I think what's really great, too, is that, yeah, you guys are all always kind of on the same page or similar page. Um, the gym has a completely different feel. I mean, I got uh, introduced to you guys in 2020 and between, you know, late 2020 to now beginning of 2023, it is a completely different different gym and I think in a lot of really really great ways and I think the other thing that I want to touch on because I know you won't say this yourself is that all three of you guys that are co-owners for it you guys also have other jobs Mm -hmm. and the when you guys first started this whole uh, collective trio for ownership you guys didn't even take a paycheck for yourself from the gym you continue to recycle any growth that you guys had from CrossFit Bradenton and the gym as a business, which I know a lot of times we talk about gym as a community, but there's also the business aspect of, of running and owning a gym, as you guys know. And you guys just took it upon yourselves to all agree that you were just going to recycle a lot of the surplus, a lot of the funds that had been generated from the gym to put it back into all of those modifications, all of those improvements, all of the the staffing, equipment, everything that you guys have revamped all came from basically just recycling your your surplus, which is huge. And I think, you know, that speaks volumes to the ownership more so than anything else. And I know you wouldn't mention that, so I wanted to make sure to mention that. Yeah, we we wanted to make sure that our members knew that we weren't in this, you know, to make money and make this our careers. All three of us have careers outside of gym ownership and that we're successful in our, in our own right. And we made a promise to our members at the time that we, we see that we have opportunities to improve the equipment that we have, to purchase new equipment for some of our competitive folks, uh, to get them prepared for the CrossFit games or quarterfinals or whatever. Um, which, you know, last year, I think we had five individuals get through the quarterfinals. Uh, Nick's fiance, Laura Sanchez, uh, made it to the CrossFit Games. Uh, unfortunately, she made it, I think it was 19 or 20, but COVID, they restricted travel and so forth, so she couldn't uh, uh, do anything there. But she went to the Games last year as part of a team. Uh, they did. They finished in the top half of the team, so they did amazing. Unreal. So. We're starting to develop the folks that want to be competitive. We have the options and the training ability as far as equipment and space to allow them to do the things that they need to do to prepare for that. And in the same aspect, we have the folks that just want to come in and get a good sweat going, right? <laughs> um, so we've got enough equipment and enough focus uh, to allow everybody to achieve what they're looking to, to achieve. But the big thing was is we're going to invest whatever we're making outside of expenses is going to go back into the gym to get a bulldog floor scrubber. It took us a little while to get that, but we eventually did that. We upgraded our uh, fan on the ceiling to a, a humongous fan and went from a eight or a 10 foot 
fan to a 16-foot fan. And the amount of air circulation we have now keeps the gym a little cooler. No AC in CrossFit. Our members <laughs> have asked for AC. Uh, unfortunately, we don't own the building, so we gotta we gotta work with the, uh, the oh, building that's owner. Up, that's upper crust bullshit, Blake. You don't need that. You guys, you guys are better than that. We're gonna introduce some sweat yoga. Yeah, you know, we got the right temperature. Uh, but you know, it is it is something that members have uh, thrown out there. Is is that a possibility? And and again, if if we're continuing to plow any profit that we have back into the business, that has to be a, a discussion. Uh, it turns into an expensive one, but not one that we're going to shy away from. Again, uh, we all got into this understanding that we're not going to retire from our normal jobs and just do this solely. And this isn't going to allow us to retire either. So it's more of a passion. Again, the three of us all have the same passion of helping uh, individuals to achieve their goals. And you're going to hear that a couple times in this because that's just kind of what we're after. Absolutely. That's what makes you guys so great. So before we talk a little bit about the weightlifting team, um, I want to give you the opportunity to uh, talk about anything that's upcoming for CrossFit Brayton. I know the Open's coming up, which, uh, you know, I starts in what? I don't even know how many weeks we're we're out from it, but we're only a couple weeks out from, from the Open. But uh, what's what's next in the works for CrossFit Bradenton on the CrossFit side? On the Cross, well, you mentioned the Open is is one big one. Uh, we are soliciting ideas from our members as far as additional class times um, that would fit better in their schedule. Uh, we're looking at twenty four seven operations, allowing individuals to come in whenever they can, and allowing our uh, programming to be available to those members so they can do their workout. Uh, there's, you know, there's some things behind that that you need to shore up to make sure that you can do that. Um, we're continuing to see how we can expand in our geographical area. We have a couple large companies around us that we'd like to get in and provide opportunities for employees. We connected with Gym Pass. We've connected with Optum Health, which is kind of a new one for us where the healthcare provider actually pays per visit. So the individual that comes and works out doesn't pay a dime. It's provided via their healthcare plan. Uh, And again, that's trying to ensure that we keep anybody and everybody that wants to be healthy, we provide that outlet for them. Uh, We're also looking, I know you said before we go to weightlifting, but we're helping Team Florida Gulf Coast expand their operations. Uh, when they joined us a little over a year and a half ago, so we'll call it two years, we had six members. I think we're flirting with 40 now. Uh, most of them are the high school age and doing really well in their respective schools and districts and so forth. So continually just looking to grow. Uh, we're looking to bring in uh, additional coaches um, and additional help to make sure that our offering continues to be among the best, if not the best, in our area or even in our state. So just constantly pulling ideas from our members and from folks like you that have experienced other gyms, like what sets, what's different about them that perhaps we can implement to make ourselves better. Cause we recognize we're, we'll never be the best, right? We want to be the best, but there's always somebody that has something a little different. This one has a cold plunge. This one has a sauna, you know, those are things that all can come in the future. And if, if it's something warranted, contrast therapy is something that I 
uh, totally believe in. Nick believes in it. I think Alex has dabbled in it, but that <laughs> cold water really doesn't feel good. So these are all things, you know, we're talking about the health, um, the nutrition, recovery, all of these things are what we're looking to improve on in the future for ourselves and for our members. That's great. I think, uh, yeah, it'll be exciting. So uh, definitely give, we'll put some links for CrossFit Braids okay. in the show notes for sure. But uh, yeah, if you guys are interested in, in seeing what they're all about, we'll we'll throw in their Instagram, Facebook, website, make sure you guys give them a follow and check, check them out on social media. Um, so now let's talk a little bit because one of the other things that makes CrossFit Bradenton really unique is just the setup. So, um, you know, if you haven't been to CrossFit Bradenton before, you walk through one of the doors and there's actually two bays to your building. So we've been talking a lot about one of your bays, which is the CrossFit Bradenton side. And that's everything that we've been talking about is only really half of the building that you guys have. And the other half of it is for Team Florida Golf Coast, which you're uh, part of the coaching staff and a member and a lifter as well for their weightlifting team. So tell talk to us a little bit about uh, how you got involved with weightlifting and how even Team Florida Golf Coast came to to be in, in your space or in Cross of Bradenton. So we occupy a 7,000 square foot building that's split down the center. Our office is on one side, but the CrossFit section occupies 3,500 square feet. The other side, when we took ownership, was basically a blank canvas. It had a couple platforms on there because we, uh, John, the previous owner, was starting to do some barbell club type activities um, and started to get a few folks over in that area to learn the Olympic lifts uh, more so than just, you know, a normal standard class. So what we've evolved to is John had a relationship with Rich Lansky, who was the director of Team Florida Gulf Coast Weightlifting and started to integrate that team into uh, that space. And at that time, the director, again, Rich Lansky, was kind of stepping out of the role of like being the coach, being there all day, every day. And one of his predecessors was Jordan Borges, which you've also had the chance to talk to. So Jordan started to come in and the six of us were our GM, Rebecca, uh, myself. We had a couple of our CrossFitters and then we had a couple of high level um, high school athletes. It was about six of us. And it was six platforms, uh, a jerk set up in the middle of the room that it acted as a squat platform and a jerk platform and all that. And I fell in love with the strength side and the technique required for the Olympic lifts. I will honestly tell you I'm not a cardio guy. I never have been as a sprinter. It's like you get your your event done as quickly as possible. And then you go lay down for two hours and wait for the next <laughs> right. event. So CrossFit gave me that cardio that I never really had, but it was the strength and the, just the brute effort that I fell in love with on the barbell side. So uh, I worked with Alex and Nick and, and Rebecca and said, you know what, I, I kind of want to focus on this side, get this built up, work with team Florida Gulf coast create an additional offering at the same location. So you guys really focus on the CrossFit side. I'm going to help focus on this side. And like I said, we, we grew it out to about four, close to 40 members. We've got 11 platforms 
and every platform has a squat rack. Um, we have we brought over all of the Team Florida Gulf Coast equipment. We've added some equipment from the CrossFit Bradenton side. So we now have a 3,500 square foot CrossFit side that is fully decked out with almost everything that you could imagine for that. And then we have roughly 3,000 square feet on the other side decked out with everything and anything you can possibly imagine for the Olympic weightlifting side. So that's kind of been my big focus the last year or so. Um, I got my USAW certifications for coaching through Rich Lansky, who hosts it at our facility. So if that's something individuals are looking for, well, we actually hold the USAW weightlifting courses at our facility, uh, became a level two coach. We have Rebecca's also a level two coach. Alex, one of the owners, is a level one. Um, we have several other level one coaches that are also coaches for CrossFit side. So we have, on if we had all of our coaches and staff in, we have 11 USAW accredited coaches because we saw an importance to it. Those are some of the movements in CrossFit that tend to injure people. And it's because, not to put any shade on CrossFit, it's because it's the speed aspect. A lot of folks forget about technique to go fast. When we focus on the technique, we can actually build the, the speed while not putting as much effort into it, right? So I'm not just using every muscle in my body to get this and just put it and drop it back down. I'm actually using the correct muscle patterns to efficiently get the weight to where it needs to be. And I maintain that. It may look slower, but I might be able to do 20 reps in a row rather than 10, walk away from it, and then two, do 10 again. So that's... That's what we've been focusing on over there. We've had a lot of success with our high school kids. The first year, uh, we had a very select handful uh, that were working out with us. And one of them actually went into the uh, junior national championships, uh, Jade, and she placed third. Uh, we've taken several to state championships, which they've medaled. Right now, we have, um, for the first time ever, Braden River, which we have pretty much all of their uh, female lifters. Uh, they won districts for the first time. They won counties for the first time in Braden River's history. They won districts for the first time ever in Bradenton history or Braden River history. And they're actually competing right now uh, for regionals. So we'll hopefully hear back that we've got some, some metal placers there and then they have state. And then we've got the boys season just started as well. So it's been a, roller coaster to say the least as far as growth on that side and so so many things i want to touch on so go ahead yeah i think i well first of all kudos because seriously the uh you got to find like a before picture of what that uh weightlifting side looked like and do like a compare contrast like then yeah. and now i mean at one point i thought there was even like a basketball hoop in that section yeah and it's like it was literally it became almost like a three thousand square foot storage closet Correct. for bradenton yeah and then now when you look at it it is clearly the crossfit side and the weightlifting side like mm -hmm. the weightlifting side is a legit weightlifting team training center like yep. there is no there is no remnant of the like crap center for the gym that it once was so it looks amazing. You guys did an, a bang up job. Of that. That's yeah. awesome. The other thing that I think you touched on too was 
about the carryover from Olympic weightlifting to CrossFit. And I know that we've even said this on the podcast with some other guests that we've had. Some of the best CrossFit athletes in the world have amazing Olympic weightlifting technique. They're all former Olympic weightlifters or former gymnasts. Why? Because both sports teach you power, the speed element that you mentioned. They teach you body awareness and coordination, right? And I had an amazing coach in one of the gyms that I belong to in Denver who always used to tell me smooth is fast. Mm -hmm. And I never really understood it until I got better at weightlifting. And all of a sudden, he was absolutely right. Like, you know, you take, if you take, say, a... One of the uh, quarterfinals workouts had for guys 185 pound snatches in it, which is heavy. However, if you are able to hit that and you're able to hit it smoothly, it takes less effort Mm -hmm. and it may be close to your max or it may be, say, 90% or 85% of it. If you get a little bit stronger in the off season, now 185 may be 80% of your max. Well, when you're fatigued, Hitting 80% of your max is going to feel very different than 85% of your max. And it's going to make all the difference in the world. So if you can move the meter to being just a little bit stronger, and what's nice too is that, you know, yes, there is clearly a strength component to Olympic weightlifting. Mm -hmm. But I think um, the thing that we see the most, especially CrossFitters and Olympic weightlifting, is not so much of the strength, but the technique gets better. So sometimes just by working with a really good Olympic weightlifting coach, Mm -hmm. your lifts are going to go up, not necessarily because you got any stronger, right? But simply because you were able to move the bar more efficiently in a better bar path, maybe a little bit more vertical pull instead of the little rainbow arc, right? You have so many elements that now all of a sudden make you a better lifter and thus a better CrossFit athlete simply because you just worked with a coach to improve your technique. Yeah. And we see it all the time, and it's great. Well, yeah, you look at the history of CrossFit, you look at Rich Froning. You know, he was not a competitive weightlifter by trade, but he had among the best technique during the area that he was in, and then he got replaced by Fraser, right? So he was a competitive weightlifter, and then you got Tia Claire Toomey, right? She competed in the Olympics for weightlifting. So it is something that... I don't want to say you can you can always work to get cardio, right? Everybody can work to get cardio to to the level that you need to be a champion in CrossFit. That's that's a lot of dedication to that. But you can always work on cardio. If you have a great foundation with the technical lifts, not necessarily just like the snatch and clean and jerk. You learn how to squat properly. Use momentum and you know momentum with the barbell can be a scary thing so i don't want to say you generate momentum you control it right mm-hmm. a lot of your best cleaners won't get the bar past their hips right they they understand how to pull themselves under the bar to quickly get under it and that bar let's say it's 400 pounds when it hits its its climax or its apex and you catch it right at that point you don't necessarily feel that full weight crushing down on you you get it to that point and then you start your stand or you have a little bit of a rebound you can start to understand how some of these smaller stature lifts or lifters if you particularly look at uh, olympic weightlifting there's you know there's men and women maddie rogers right she, she lifts more than i do 
right? And she weighs probably 25 to 30 kilos less than I do. Uh, for those that don't know kilos, you know, that's 50 to 60, maybe some 70 pounds lighter. American um, units. So she is very efficient and she has amazing techniques. She's a very strong individual as well. But it just goes to show you when you master that technique and you add the strength component to it, you can get some pretty serious numbers. She used to be a CrossFitter and CrossFit kind of pushed her into the weightlifting side. And USA Weightlifting will uh, shun and uh, clap for CrossFit. They'll shun CrossFit because of that aspect that we said before, where we're just integrating speed, 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 rather than technique focus. But they also praise CrossFit for bringing, for bringing Olympic weightlifting back into the limelight because it is an amazing sport. And it's great to see the amount of influx that we've had in terms of participation. Now, the American Open Series is coming up. They actually had to cap the capacity for that because last year they had over 1,200 lifters. It's the largest weightlifting competition in the world is what they touted it last year. And it's all U.S.-based individuals, right? We have a long way to catch up to the rest of the world, maybe for some other reasons, but we have a long way to catch up. But CrossFit has kind of reintroduced that weightlifting aspect to USA. And, okay, let's, let's get ourselves back on the map for that and help CrossFit athletes do better and avoid injury and stuff like that. So it's for me, it's been... It's just been super fun to, to transition from CrossFit to the weightlifting. Oh, 100%. I mean, when before I started CrossFit, I played rugby. And the only thing we did that was even close to it was power cleans. And they were like god-awful, like classic football locker room power cleans, starfish hops, yep. like, you know, elbows perpendicular to the ground. Like, they were ugly. But, again, you're kind of training for sport, not necessarily right. for, for the technique. and. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I think that CrossFit's really brought to light a lot of Olympic weightlifting. And then, of course, you know, you guys have from time to time, you get people that kind of flirt between, you know, CrossFit and the weightlifting side. And mm -hmm. you guys have a setup, right, that allows people to to go back and forth or like a, a an add-on, right? Correct. So for our team members that are on CrossFit Bradenton and, and part of a membership package there, they get a pretty significant discount. Uh, they, they're able to join what's called the Tier 1 of Team Florida Gulf Coast, which is roughly a 70% discount of what, uh, you know, a normal, uh, just anybody off the street want to join the weightlifting team. And all the, the proceeds for that all go to Team Florida. So if we have individuals that come and do weightlifting, that goes to Team Florida. They're a nonprofit organization. The membership base that they have just helps pay for kids, the equipment for the kids. They generally try to provide lifting shoes. Um, all the, the money that they do generate goes to assisting when we do have travel meets for hotels and other things, just to make sure that we, they uh, have an opportunity to, to service a broader area of kids in the, in the area, the geographical area that may not have an opportunity or the funds to travel to stuff like the American Open Series, which is in Columbus, Ohio. You know, that that's a four-day event. Add plane tickets to that, you can be over a thousand dollars. And it's not typically something everybody has just ready to go. 
to go compete, right? So the the funds that they make go straight to Team Florida Gulf Coast. So the the actual the actual add on that we have goes straight to Team Florida, which is awesome. And you know that's that's what we recognized for our practice. What about a year and a half ago mm-hmm. when we became a uh, sponsor for the team? So our practice here at Tideline, we are one of the sponsors for. Team Florida Gulf Coast as well, because we recognize the importance of the sport. They're doing awesome things. And the the kids are great. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, you have a good mix of, of adults and high school athletes as well. And, you know, one thing that I will say is that, you know, everybody in our practice, we love treating the athletes that come through from Team Florida Gulf Coast because it's, you know, they're just great athletes, great head on their shoulders. Um, you know, even the, the high school kids, which sometimes – I'll be honest, I'm a 36-year-old male. I don't have a lot in common with a 15-year-old high school female. I don't know. I also went to an all-male school, so yeah. there's like even more of a distance there. But I'll tell you what, though, like the, the high school athletes that come through are some of the nicest, greatest kids, and the families are great to work with. I know you mentioned Jade. Like Jade and Sophie are, you know, two of the greatest people, right? And just some of the other, cap, you know, girls that have now graduated, you know, you look at Jade and shippy um and it's just it's just really nice just to see how they've evolved as athletes and and just women as well too you know just good people so and that's that's something that is really near and dear to my heart is you know as a a kid athlete growing up your coaches tend to be second parent um you know I, i wouldn't say idols but figures right and you know, last year was my first year of like coaching, you know, uh, teenage girls. You know, we, we were predominantly a teenage girl. We had very few teenage boys, which is different now. We're about 50-50. And I had to learn real quickly, you know, I, I need to pick up on the subtle things um, because they, they could be impacted. They didn't get enough sleep last night and they're having a horrible lifting day. Okay, let's take a step back. Let's, if you want to talk about it, let's talk about it. Today can just be one of those days. Let's just, let's work through it. Let's drop percentages. Let's do whatever we need to to get through today. Focus on the technique. Focus on the effort. It doesn't matter if it's 10 kilos, 20 quick kilos less. But, you know, the, the whole drive that I have with them is, you know, I want to be someone that if they have questions about life in general, you know, outside of their parents and friends, let me give Blake a call. Maybe he, you know, he's got some advice for me. That's kind of the the thing that, that really touches my heart. And you can kind of see there's a little bit of tears welling up in my eyes because it's it's a really great feeling to be able to impact an individual in such a way that helps mold their adult life, right? And I get that five days a week by being a coach to the boys and girls. I don't get to be that to adults because adults are already adults, right? I right. can help and other things with that, but they're pretty established in what they're doing. But we have kids as young as 11 years old. The little Joey oh. is just in it. She's going to be an amazing athlete. The way that she moves, like look at her technique. Improve. Like her yep. coordination is so much better than most adults. Like yep. she's able to handle a barbell and just, you know, just move in general with more coordinated fashion than yeah. a lot of a lot of people I know so yeah. and she's awesome. she's learning hard work dedication she's a gymnast as well so she she balances that uh, she has gymnastics certain days Olympic weightlifting and others her dad is a coach on the CrossFit Bradenton side he's very competitive 
he leads our competitive crew at 5 a.m. They go every single day. Uh, they're just an amazing crew over there. They're very welcoming of anybody that decides to wake up at 4 in the morning and come to the gym. So it's it's just a cool feeling. It is great. What's uh, what's next for Team Florida Gulf Coast? Uh, what do you guys have going on in the works? I know we mentioned American Open. Mm-hmm. We've got uh, – we're up to uh, – for the high school level, we're up to – regionals or district they're doing the girls are doing regionals, regionals. right now um and I'll, I'll probably get a text later about how they performed uh, american opens is in a little over a month away it's march 2nd through the 5th or 1st through the 5th uh, we're taking a team of about seven or eight individuals and then we have the florida state championships which is in may Pardon me if I don't know those dates exactly, but we're taking close to 15, maybe Wild. even more than that. Most of them being high school uh, age. Just, you know, it's the experience. They're going to be able to compete with some of the best in the Florida State area, and they're going to actually going to see, you know, us masters athletes as well. So <laughs> uh, it's fun because I get to coach and be an athlete. And my first year doing that, it was really hard. I put in a lot of effort into the coaching thing, and it completely drained me for my my own personal athletic um, achievement. But I've learned how to still give as much as I can as a coach, and then what I need to do to get prepared for my, my own personal uh, lifting. And what's cool is the kids stay. They recognize that I'm there for them, so they stay for me. And it's really cool to hear those voices in the cheer in the crowd cheering for you when you got a ton of weight pushing down on you. Like, I, all right, I got to show off a little bit for you these. You got kids. an impressive resume, though. I so. mean, you think about it. You started weightlifting. I mean, you started seriously getting into weightlifting. It couldn't have been more than like 18 months ago, two years yeah. tops. I yeah. mean, it, a little over a year and a half, so we'll call two years. Yeah, yeah. and I mean, it just. It was crazy because you were a good weightlifter when you started. Don't get me wrong. You had a good strength base. You had some technique. But then out of nowhere, like you just kept hitting PR after PR after PR after PR. And it was just like it was wild. Just all of a sudden, just kind of you were one of the original six. And all of a sudden, it's just like every day was PR day for Blake for a while, you know. And it was and then now, you know, you qualified for the – Masters World Championship in December mm-hmm. a couple months ago, which was huge. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you're you're on your way to obviously qualify for several other competitions as well. Um, and it's just, I mean, if you guys follow the Team Florida Gulf Coast weightlifting page, you're going to see so many different athletes that are just cruising to to the top, and not not because you know it's a bunch of like a trophy case kind of gym because it really isn't. Right. I mean, it's very Everybody's very humble. You walk in uh, to go lift with them and you will not know that you're lifting next to somebody who was one of the high school state champs or somebody that's medaled in counties or something like that. Mm-hmm. You have no idea. It is just a bunch of welcoming people. And even the one time that I've, well, I've lifted a few times with, with the team before and uh, Jordan used to make fun of me because he's like, he'd watch me clean. He's like, you just crossfitted the shit out of that. He's like, don't do that. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't yeah. know how to not do it. It's yeah. like, I only know one way, coach. Yeah. And it's just, I mean, it really is. It's a it's a really welcoming environment. It doesn't matter if you come from CrossFit, gymnastics, another high school sport. Uh, Jade, we mentioned Jada, but Jade uh, is a 
serious uh, softball player mm-hmm. getting a scholarship to LSU. I yeah. mean, it's just you you get these these athletes who are so humble but so good at what they do. It, it's wild. Yeah. And even the adult side, look, look at Beth, who's crushing it. Mm-hmm. Ashley is doing really well, one of the other coaches as well. I mean, it's so many people. And, then, of course, Nick has just the Midas touch. I mean, I don't know. He touches a barbell, focuses on weightlifting, yeah. <laughs> qualifies for Worlds. Great. Yeah. I'm going to take a break from weightlifting. Awesome. Yeah. I made it to quarterfinals for CrossFit now. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I PR'd my Murph time. And it's like, yeah. Yeah. Hey, we say freak in the most respectful and yeah. loving way, but he really is a freak. He has an amazing strength base behind him to where I watched him clean 155 kilos, which is 341 or so pounds. And it was effortless, right? Like the amount of leg strength and drive that he had was just amazing. But he has some complications with some wrists and some shoulder uh, mobility issues that make the jerk difficult. So those are things that he's working on. He, he uses the earthquake bar. He made himself his own earthquake bar, which is now available to all of our members as well. Uh, so he's continually learning how to improve himself, which then allows him to help coach others to do the same. But Ed Jada uh, is competing right now. She is in the 139 and under class for the high school group. And she can clean almost, she's basically, she's probably going to hit 200 pounds today as far as a clean and jerk. So wild. that's Just an wild. insane number for someone at that weight and at her age. There are like, guys I know that can't yeah. do that. Adult she's men. A, she's a junior and yeah. she's already committed to LSU for softball. So we'll lose her as a weightlifter in the future, but she'll, during the off season, um, she'll always the softball off season. She'll always be a part of the weightlifting team. But yeah, she's currently ranked third in the state, and that has Jordan upset because he wants her to be first. But it's some amazing weight. When I first joined CrossFit back in two thousand and nine, two hundred pounds was I weighed over two hundred pounds, and it was still very difficult. I don't think I even could clean two hundred pounds. It was just a muscle it up as far as I could, rest it on the belly and do a strongman type deal. Um, so it's, we have uh, girls and guys that are just amazing for their weight classes, right? You really have to understand that part. Uh, a, a girl that weighs 109 pounds, it's going to be a very different lift if she's attempting 200 because that's almost double body weight. But if she's trying to lift 120 pounds, that's still over body weight. And that's kind of the metric that we use and we've got a whole gambit of different weight classes that are just doing amazing things. It is, and it's really cool. And like I said, the most humbling and welcome people you'll ever meet. I mean, you could walk in, we get people listening to this, they could sign up, walk right into Team Florida Gulf Coast. You wouldn't know until they introduce themselves any of these people that we're talking about. You may look over and be like, that's one badass chick moving yeah. some weight, right? Yeah. Or, you know, that dude's crushing it. But you would have no idea, you know, based off of, you know, how they talk, how they approach you. And that, that speaks volumes, I think from the top down. Yeah. So yeah. that, that's really great to hear. Yeah. Anything else you wanted to plug Blake at all in terms of, uh, you know, anything from CrossFit Bradenton, your own career, your, um, uh, the weightlifting side at all, anything that, that you wanted to, well, with, to touch on? With uh, CrossFit Bradenton, we're putting together a couple different promotions to, you know, it's the start of the year for a lot of folks. And usually the New Year's Eve or the New Year's resolutions are to get fit and, and get into it. So we're developing some uh, promotions to get some folks in, try us out at a, at a deeply discounted rate. 
We offer fundamental on-ramps. So if you've never been part of CrossFit, you'll go through four personal training sessions uh, to learn the movements and kind of see what it's like. Everybody does it. You yes. have to do it. It's a different type of working right. out. And if, if you come from CrossFit, it's one of those things that we'll, you know, we'll let you join into a class and just kind of watch it. But we offer no sweat free intro. Uh, so get in it, get in the mix, see if you like it. Uh, the folks that love it, love it, and they always will. The folks that don't, don't. Uh, we're not really interested in forcing it down anybody's throat. You know, we all talk CrossFit. And you see it on Instagram and all social media. Hey, let me tell you what I did at CrossFit today. Yeah, we'll do that with other CrossFitters, but we're not going to jam it down your throat and say, hey, you know, Global Gyms, no, no, no. You come here and this is the best. It's, it's what fits uh, people's mentality and, and what they're after. And most individuals will have fun at CrossFit. And uh, so those are the things our website will basically show that. You can register for a no sweat, no sweat intro on the website. Uh, you can get membership details and so forth on that. Um, Team Florida Gulf Coast, uh, we can basically, if you call our phone number on our website, you can be directed either towards CrossFit Bradenton or Team Florida. So that would be the best way to get in contact with either or. Uh, and then I'll plug Tideline because uh, uh, you had mentioned competing at Master Worlds. Uh, what we didn't really talk about is the injury that I sustained about two months before that. And uh, you were able to get me to a point to where I could actually go and compete. And to sit here and tell you that I finished seventh in the world is you know, a, an amazing thing considering I had to power everything because I still couldn't squat. So I lost a lot of strength because of not being able to do anything. But the work that you did really helped me get back some of the mobility. Uh, there's still, you know, here we are four months past, uh, post-injury and I still have some hesitation on some of the heavier squats. I, I'm up to almost 300 pounds now without freaking myself out. Um, but you know, that I definitely want to plug you for getting me to a point to where I could actually go and experience what master world championship championships is. I appreciate that. Blake. So. it was a, um, it was a gnarly injury. I mean, you, for those who don't know, Blake, uh, Blake had a pretty significant tear of, of his groin muscles, plural, yeah. it, several of them. And, uh, you know, to the point where it was tough just to even lay down to roll over in bed. So, it was, um, you know, I will tell you this, working with you was great during that time, not because of the injury, but because your attitude and your headspace was amazing. We were constantly talking about timeline to compete, timeline to worlds. And, you know, I didn't want to make any promises I couldn't fulfill. And you never missed a beat. You trusted me completely. Mm -hmm. And with the help of Jordan, the co you know, the head coach, we were able to, to get you there, and it was it was unreal just to watch you compete. And it was the greatest thing about it was even though I couldn't squat and I had to power everything, everything I did at Master Worlds was a PR for a power. So my power snatch was a PR, <laughs> my power clean was a PR, and my power jerk because I couldn't do the split jerk was a PR. So it's wild. I walked away having a great meet. It wasn't the best numbers I've ever hit, but it was an experience. You know, to be we had folks from all over the globe there and it was just kind of cool to be a part of that so i walked away with a big old certificate <laughs> of a usa weightlifting team usa member 
Um, I got all the garble, Team USA jackets, all of that stuff. So one other plug, uh, we are connected with uh, Tier Sport. So a lot of our merchandise uh, is through Tier. Uh, as a member, you get access to a gym portal where you get uh, at least a 10% discount on all of our merchandise. So you can opt to buy stuff that's co-branded with our logo on it, or you can opt to just get Tier here um, at a discount. We we do run specials. We do have quarterly tier drop-ins, uh, at which point you can buy shoes. So everybody loves the lifters, the training shoes, the running shoes, uh, all the equipment. They bring them in and uh, sell it at 20% off. So if you like gym gear, get hooked up with us, and you can get some pretty good stuff for a, a deeper discount than what, if you would just do it online. So Beautiful. Yeah. Well, thanks so much, Blake, for coming aboard. Honestly, really appreciate your time, man. Well, thank you for having me. This is first podcast. Had a lot of fun. <laughs> hey, real quick, before you go, I just wanted to say thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share with others by taking a screenshot of this episode and posting it to your story on Instagram by tagging at Tideline Sports Performance so we can repost it. And to stay up on all the latest from us, make sure you follow at Tideline Sports Performance on Instagram and Facebook. And of course, make sure you like and subscribe to this podcast. All right, guys, catch you next episode.